0: So what time does the seven o'clock meeting start? 7 o'clock. seven o'clock. So welcome to new freedom, welcome to position of neutrality, and a special welcome to all of you in Arizona Department of Corrections, uh, rehabilitation and reentry. They, they see it on delay, they don't get live broadcast, you guys, but, but we want to make sure they know that we're thinking of them and we got a place here for them. Yes. So if you could give them another shout out, everybody that's on the yard now getting ready to come. Yeah. Appreciate that. The other thing we do is we don't open one of these meetings in 2023 and beyond without a prayer and chaplain Lee's in the house to deliver that come on everybody please stand to your feet all right Father, we thank you again today for everything you've done, everything you're doing. We give you the praise, the glory, and the honor. God, as we prepare to dive into step three on tonight, we come to make a decision on tonight. This is a big night because we're turning our will and our care over to you. So we just thank you, Lord, for what you're about to do. We give you all the praise, all the glory, and all the honor. Now bless those that are here, those that are on their way. And we believe on tonight that you'll use your man of God to be able to speak. With power, the power that you laid down on the inside of them. We thank you and we praise you and we give you all the glory in the mighty name of Jesus. Let everyone say, Amen. Amen. Thank you, Chaplain Lee. Thanks to all of you for coming. Um, Chaplain Lee, you may not know it. I don't know if those of you guys that are residing here, you know that he goes and um, prays for the food and for the, the kitchen help. and. So he's doing a lot of intercession on the part of people that are here and the ones that are coming here and the ones that don't even, don't even know they're coming here yet. So I want you to know he's he's been ministering to people in prisons for a lot of years and he continues to do so. Um, he told you we we're going to take a look at step three tonight. Is there anyone in the room that's here for the very first time? Wow, just a few of you. but Good. So those of you that are here for the first time, if you 've never seen this done before, what we do here is probably a little different. What we do here is we we take a look at this suggested instruction for a step or so a week directly out of this book, and we use this book in twelve step recovery Why? Yeah, the process described by the authors of this book has been proven to work for addicts of the hopeless variety, addicts to alcohol and other substances. So what we do here is not tell you what the book says, although it may seem like that's what I'm doing. And in fact, it may be what I'm doing. But it's none of my business what the book says to you. So what I'm attempting to do is to show you how I find my experience within it. Because what we've learned over the years is that this book, written by the first 100, is the testimony of the first 100 and their witness of the first several thousand men and women introduced to this manner of living who have recovered. So we don't alter their testimony, we try and align our experience with theirs. Does that make sense? And tonight, we're going to take a look at the third step, and the instruction for the third step, you're going to find on a page that's probably fairly familiar to a lot of you who have been in AA meetings before. Anyone here been to an AA meeting before? Oh good, a fair amount of you. So... And almost every AA meeting I've ever been in, they read a little portion of chapter 5 entitled How It Works. And they're describing for us how the manner of living that's suggested works to reveal the power in you through you. Does that make sense? The The steps have no power in and of themselves, but what they do is they reveal to you a power in you if you enact the manner of living. Does that make sense? So we're going to go through the process of how it works, and they start out with a promise and condition so that you can sort of get square with them. It helps to remember who the we is they talk about, because the we isn't anyone we meet in modern fellowship. The we is the first 100. They told us that clearly at the beginning. Does that make sense? Okay, so it says, rarely have we seen a person fail who thoroughly followed our path. So what's the promise? Rarely have we seen a person fail. And this is the first 100 hopeless alcoholics and their story of the first several thousand men and women that they witnessed restored to recovered states, yes? And then it says, thoroughly followed our path as a condition. Do you notice they did not say paths? Do you think that was a mistake on their part? I just leave to you to discern what it was they were talking about, but they did not say thoroughly followed our paths, even though there was a hundred talking about thousand. I'll let... Who's feeling that? Some of you are getting revelation right now. Thanks, Matt. All right, so those who do not recover are people who cannot or will not completely give themselves to this simple program usually men and women who are constitutionally incapable of being honest with themselves. So they're telling us who doesn't recover, and they're telling you in their experience why. Yeah, and they said it's because they are constitutionally incapable of being honest with themselves. So it'd be nice to know about what it is that I need to be capable of being honest about, wouldn't it? How many of you think you know? So let's take a look at what they said, because a lot of times we're thinking it's an outward honesty, and in this case, they know I'm insane by the time they get me. I'm not capable of outside honesty. What they need me to do is tap into my inside honesty and then grow in that. Does it make sense? So they're gonna talk to us about two things they need us to be honest about, and I'm gonna go to page, let's see, maybe 50. I should have gone to the doctor's opinion first. Maybe that's what I'll do. And I wanted to go to 52 anyway, so I lied about the whole thing. Let me go. um, Let's go to the doctor's opinion and let's go to XXVIII, Roman numeral 28. That's a good example of what they want us to be honest about says men and women drink essentially because they like the effect produced by alcohol. Did any of you relate to that? Yes. How many of you are sober in here tonight? Oh, good, a high percentage of you. That's such a good start. How many of you, though, you're sober in here tonight can still bring to consciousness, bring to your awareness that sense of ease and comfort that comes at once by taking a few drinks or drugs or whatever your thing is? So seeing those hands... <laughs> So here you are many years sober, but you can still bring to consciousness that euphoric experience, even though for many of us it took us to a very dark place. Yes? Okay, that's the one thing we want to be honest about. We'll read through the rest of the paragraph, then we'll go take a look at something else. It says, the sensation is so elusive that while they admit it injurious, they cannot after a time differentiate the true from the false. How many of you had some clean time and then had a little slip-up, and immediately were like all the progress you thought you made was gone. Like the downhill slide was massively quick. Okay. To them, their alcoholic life seems the only normal one. I wanted you to catch this, because this is the one thing we really want to be honest about beyond that we can bring to consciousness ease and comfort. It says, they are restless, irritable, and discontented unless they can again experience the sense of ease and comfort which comes at once by taking a few drinks. How many of you can relate to being restless, irritable, and discontented and just assuming it was those guys' fault? The world can be a very trying place if I'm walking around with a war going on within me. Does it make sense? So I'm going to stay in this restless state Unless I can find a sense of ease and comfort, which will solve my problem. And that's been my experience. It may be yours. If that's true, I want to point, in our modern fellowships, we celebrate abstinence, don't we? Links of sobriety. How many of you had links of sobriety? Miserable at some point. Twisted off. How many of you have noticed that there are people that don't talk so much about links of sobriety, but don't appear miserable? Because we're not practicing abstinence. We're practicing a manner of living that in our giving produces in us a condition of spiritual inebriation. Ease and comfort in the world without going out in the world to get it. Does that make sense? Like a little secret. So, what we want to do then is go to 52, because I misspoke before. I did that wrong too. Is it 50 or 52? It is 50. It was 50. I was right the first time. This is my first time. Bear, Bear with me. So I'm at the bottom of page 50. We've owned the fact that we may have not chosen those words, but when I'm abstinent and nothing else is going on, I'm restless, irritable, and discontented. And even if I don't know it, people who interact with me do. You ever had that happen? What's wrong with you? Nothing! <laughs> Check your spiritual status, Winnetta. Okay, so here's the bottom of page 50. Here are thousands of men and women worldly indeed. So the title of the book, Alcoholics Anonymous, the story of how many thousands of men and women have recovered. Now they're telling you, here's the thousands the first 100 have worked with. Does it make sense? You're following their testimony? Okay. They flatly declare that since they've come to believe in a power greater than themselves... To take a certain attitude toward that power and to do certain simple things, there's been a revolutionary change in their way of living and thinking. How many of you would have to admit that you did need something of a revolution in the way you lived and thought in order to get to a level of life that was more... Yeah. Okay. How many of you have been sober a while and have had to have such a revolution again and again and again? Yes? Okay. So it says, in the face of collapse and despair, and in the face of the total failure of their human resources, they found that a new power, peace, happiness, and sense of direction flowed into them. So that's the promise, the flow of power, peace, happiness, and a sense of direction from within me, in me, but not of me. But think about that as an addict of the hopeless variety. Always as an active addict, I looked for my ease and comfort out there. Anyone relate? I was always looking in the wrong place. For people like me, my ease and comfort must come from within, and that is their witness. Does that make sense? Okay. So this says the the promise and the condition. This happened soon after they wholeheartedly met a few simple requirements. What do you imagine those are? The rest of the steps. We're just we're just now consciously digesting the decision. We're getting ready to make. Does that make sense? I had a step one experience of powerlessness and unmanageability, and I admitted that I was whipped, right? And then in two, they told me that what my chemical use was about was it was a a symptom of my underlying malady, that restless irritability and discontent, and I was always trying to treat my restlessness with synthetic spirits. Anyone relate to that? And so that isn't going to go away until I clean house. And so that leads me to this decision that perhaps I might want to seek to clean house, right? Trust God, work with others. That's good. You guys are awake today. Okay. All right. So so that's the two things I got to be honest about. I don't live well, abstinent. I'm restless, irritable, and discontent. And I have felt the flow of the Spirit, and I'm willing to believe I can improve upon it by a simple manner of living. Anyone else with me in the, on the decision-making process? Perfect. Then let's go further. All right. So, so our stories disclose in a general way what we used to be like. Listen to what that's about. What's, what's the reason I do a searching and fearless moral inventory? The truth. Trying the truth, but initially, maybe because my sponsor said so. But what step two said to me was that the power is within me. And that I might have to search fearlessly, but he was there. But it was obscured by calamity, by pomp, by worship of other things. So I needed to find all the ways that myself manifested, driven by fear, that had caused all this wreckage in my past. It was theory then, it's fact now, and I'm properly armed as a witness once I have enacted this decision by looking within and learning the truth about me and the truth, period. Yes? That God is and he dwells in me. Right? Okay. So, so what we used to be like. Well, what did we used to be like? Confused and baffled lot, they say. They say we might have been a bit Selfish. It might have been a bit fearful. We might have been a bit dangerous. Yes? Okay. So what happened? What happened? Yeah, isn't that interesting? Because stopping doesn't require power, but seemingly it did for me. So what I learned through my step process is I really didn't stop, because let me tell you something, Joe McDonald is not. He is not a quitter. I didn't quit nothing. But what happened for me is it was removed. And I say this to people, and they're like, oh, that's silly. but Look, all you had to do is know anyone that knew me in it, and they'll guarantee you something had to happen for me because it wasn't happening by me. Okay. so so if you decided what we're like now, if you decided you want what we we have and are willing to go to any length to get it, then you're ready to take certain steps. So you notice how they put a condition on everything. So if I want what they have and I'm willing to go to any length to get it, then I'm ready. Well, then I'm not ready till I find out what the hell they had that I'd be willing to go any length for because I'm not willing to go very far for nothing. You know what I was willing to go to any lengths for? The next fix. Period. And even then I'd like it delivered. (laughs) That's not quite the way this power works, though. So let's go to page 25, and let's see what 25 tells us, what they had. The middle of page 25, it says, The great fact is just this and nothing less that we've had deep and effective spiritual experiences, which have revolutionized our whole attitude toward life, toward our fellows, and toward God's universe. There you go. I love it when you do that. Wanna do that again for the people back on the yard? When we say God, you say, Yeah, don't get it twisted. Anytime anyone is offended by me using the word God, remember that it is interchangeable with the word and the experience of power, because we are asking for power to live, right? Okay, so the central fact of our lives today is the absolute certainty that our Creator has entered into our hearts and lives in a way which is indeed miraculous. Now, you got to understand, if you weren't here last week, they told you their demographics, Half of them were atheists or agnostics declared in the beginning. And the other half were believers dying in their addiction to alcohol or whatever. Yeah? But they now declare that they are absolutely certain that this power dwells in them and lives through them. All of them. 100 out of 100. Does that make sense? And, And let me tell you to those of you who are skeptics... Why, as an addict of the hopeless variety, I need certainty rather than something like hope. Because there's nothing matter with hope. We'll be, oh, You just need hope. You just need willingness. Well, willingness is divine power. What I really need is power. And the reason I need certainty is the only thing I was certain of in my addiction was if I could get back to the trap house, I could feel different. So what I need to do is I need to stand firmly on the rock And I am certain that whatever it is that's going on is preparing me for where I'm going in spite of the evidence. Does that make sense? Who's feeling that? That's the power we call God. I forgot to tell you, we would teach you to talk to you about the power we call God without giving you a demonstration. And we'll call it to your attention when you start having revelation, because when you do, I'll know, right? Right. And that, how are we going to celebrate this power if we're all looking out there when we know it's found within? Why, why do you think we know that? There's one who has all power. That one is? When we, we're demonstrating oneness now, aren't we? Okay. All right. So the central fact of our lives today is the absolute certainty that our Creator has entered into our hearts and lives in a way which is indeed miraculous. He's commenced, he has commenced to accomplish those things for us, which we could never do by ourselves. So in the telling of your story, when you go delivering from the podium to your groups about what I was like, what happened, and what I'm like now, don't leave this power out of the story. Flatly declare, I was absolutely hopeless. I was a dead man walking. And then one day, pow! I was struck At least, I don't know that I was sober by any measure, but I suddenly was willing to do those things which I had never been willing to do before. I was willing to start owning who I had been and owning the harms I had done to others and live with the fact that they may never like me, but that I had a mission to go out in spite of how people liked me and serve anyone who the power put in front of me to serve. And it's led me to this moment. Does that make sense? And so I'm encouraging you that every one of you that is in the sound of my voice, you're called to do the very same thing. So I expect to see big things from this bunch of warriors. Okay, so it says then you're ready to take certain steps. Are we ready? Are we ready to improve consciousness of this power within, this power, peace, happiness, sense of direction flowing in? If we are, then we're ready to take certain steps. Does that make sense? Okay. First thing they warn us about. that some of these, we balked. So I'm really ready, but I ain't telling that shit to nobody. (laughs) Or I'm really ready, but I'm not paying that son of a bitch back nothing. So I would suggest to you stay in the step you're in. The old timers told me, three frogs on a log, one makes a decision to jump. How many frogs are on the log? Three, Three, because all he did was make a decision, he didn't jump. So of course I'm not empowered to go do those things. I'm going to have to enact the decision, and it needs to be evident to my fellows I have, right? Because faith without works is dead. Because faith is an observable act, and it attracts. Does that make sense? okay. So it says, we thought we could, oh, we thought we could find an easier, softer way, but we could not. With all the earnestness at our command, we beg of you to be fearless and thorough from the very start. Why would they beg of you to do that as you're reading this testimony? It's absolutely true. Did you hear, Sean? Because if you hang around here and you really enact enact this manner of living, you will get to watch a lot of people you love die. And only... Only, only if we could just touch him. I know it's above our pay grade, but we are obligated to try. That's why it says try to carry this message. Make sense? Why do they say try? Just do. Well, it's not that easy because carrying a message requires a receiver. And I'm not responsible for that. Does it make sense? So all I can do is try. But try I will. Right? Okay. So some of us have tried to hold on to our old ideas and the result was nil until we let go absolutely. Why do you think that is? How many of you had some old ideas and you thought, maybe I'll just hang on to a few old ideas? Well, <laughs> we've all done it, right? I don't want them to think I'm not like that guy. I don't want them to think I'm like that person. So I can just, I can just do what I always did, except I just won't pick up. Any of you tried that theory? So one of the things about this manner of living is you won't even know what your old ideas are until you try and go help your brother and sister. Because you can't help something you're judging. And so you're going to have to face all your own judgments. And in facing your own judgments, you're going to experience healing. It's going to flow through you as a vessel. Does it make sense? Okay. All right. So remember that we deal with alcohol. Cunning, baffling, powerful. Without help, it's too much for us. But there is one who has all power. That one is. That was good. This side of the room, you're sleeping. What's up? That one is. They need to hear you in Yuma. That one is. That's much better. How are we doing? <laughs> OK, may you find him now. They've already told us where and how. Where are we going looking? Deep down inside. How are we going to look? Sometimes we had to search fearlessly. So they're starting to set us up for that first action step, are they not? Okay. Then they're going to caution us again. Half measures availed us nothing. How many of you have been in the manner of living a little while, and sometimes it just seems like half measures get you about half, and I'm good? Any of you ever settled at half? How many of you didn't know you were settling at half and then found out later you were settling at half? So half measures availed us nothing. We stood at the turning point. We ask his protection and care with complete abandon. So that's sort of the second step prayer. Make sense? All right. And then we're going to, I'm not going to read through the steps, but that's what we're going to ultimately do. What I've got to follow through with is the rest of this manner of living. And there's no completion of the steps. It's not a workbook exercise. It's a manner of living. In three, if I know what I'm doing, I'm entering into an agreement with my creator that I will advocate for my brother and sister as long as I have a breath in my lungs. So there is no completion. Does that make sense? So then it says, after we read the steps, many of us exclaimed, what an order! I can't go through with it. (laughs) There's always someone like Paul who got sober just after they invented fire. (laughs) But the fact is, we don't want you to be discouraged, and that's what the authors say, right? Because we don't know whether you can go through with it or not, but we know he can go through with it. And that's what we're getting ready to enjoin, is ourselves with this power that's restoring. Does that make sense? Okay. So it says, do not be discouraged. No one among us has been able to maintain anything like perfect adherence to these principles. So the first thing they're cautioning us about is many of us have a tendency that if I can't do it perfect, I just won't do it. Any of you had that? Go on. Okay, this isn't legalism. This is growing in the spirit. And so I I just want to make it clear to you, none of you are going to do it perfectly. But what we are going to do is we either honestly are willing to grow along spiritual lines or we are not. And there ain't no sense in lying outwardly because the one within you knows you cannot fully concede your innermost self based on a lie. Not possible. So whatever it is you really want to do, get square with you. And then, do you, boo? (laughs) And we'll catch you on the flip-flop if it's the... Okay? So no one among us has been able to maintain anything like perfect adherence to these principles. We're not saints. The point is that we're willing to grow along spiritual lines. The principles we've set down are guides to progress. We claim spiritual progress rather than spiritual perfection. And all throughout this book, there's promises and conditions, and then there's things in there that people call the promises, and those are really the ninth step promises. But what they're telling you is as you grow along spiritual lines, those promises are states of being you will experience as you awaken to the spirit within you, which is why it would be a good idea if the drunks didn't just hang them on the wall and call them them the promises, because there's a little work before you experience the promises because they're states of being a new freedom, a new happiness. means absent self, I am free of me, so I'm free to be me. And when I'm free to be me, I'm a child of his, and I can serve you. Does that make sense? Does that make sense? Okay. So our description of the alcoholic, the chapter to the agnostic, and our personal adventures before and after make clear three pertinent ideas. So you guys all know the ABCs? Let's do it. That we were alcoholic and could not manage our own lives. Notice how they separated those two ideas. Because my alcohol use, my methamphetamine use, my cocaine use, my heroin use, was my attempt to manage my own thoughts and emotions, which is what painted my life. Does that make sense? That probably no human power could have relieved our alcoholism. Here's where you got to get deep. If no human power can, and I'm only willing to admit probably, I need to remember I'm a human power. It's not going to have a bloody thing to do with me. Egoically, we don't want that to happen, but this is an effort through service to kill self. Does that make sense? Okay, And that God could and would if he were sought. That power could and would. If he were sought, and they're not leaving us blind, where are we going looking? Deep down inside. How are we going looking? Sometimes we have to search fearlessly. Got it. So being convinced, we were at step three. So they gave us the wrap-up of the step one experience, the step two experience about powerlessness and power, and then this manner of living and this promise of ease and comfort, power, peace, happiness, sense of direction flowing in, and now that we've acknowledged all that, now we're at step three, where we're getting ready for this decision. Does that make sense? Okay. Which is that we decided to turn our will and our life over to God oh, as we understood him. Now, over the years, we've had people say, it's a God of your understanding. And I suggest to you that is not what they said. What they said is, God, as we understood him, and before They wrote that, they went through this process where they got introduced to power, peace, happiness, a sense of direction dwelling in them. So the God they understood was an experience within them. The subject of my experience, not the object of my belief. That's why it worked with believers dying in addiction and atheists and agnostics. Right? Because you could be a believer in dying in your addiction, but once you know God's doing through you what he can do... It's a different experience. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. So the first requirement is that we be convinced that any life run on self-will can hardly be a success. So are you convinced? Based on what? Based on your experience. Now read the sentence again. Any life. I've got to quit judging how I'm thinking and feeling by... I how I see you act or hear you speak. Because how I'm thinking and feeling doesn't really have anything to do with how you act or think. I simply, depending on how I'm feeling and thinking, I paint you with whatever judgment. Does that make sense? Okay. All right. So on that basis, we're almost always in collision with something or somebody, even though our motives are good. How many of you have had that experience? Most people try to live by self propulsion. Understand in this book, they use the words they mean, they say, they use the words they mean, they mean the words they say. So they agreed on every word, the whole first 100. So when they say people, they meant people. When they want to start talking to people like me, they'll call me an addict, they'll call me an alcoholic. I'm a people with a condition. But right now they're just talking to me about people in general. Does that make sense? So it says each person's like an actor who wants to run the whole show is forever trying to arrange the lights, the ballet, and the scenery, and the rest of the players in his own way. If his arrangements would only stay put, if only people would do as he wished, the show would be great. How many of you have thought about that? If those guys would just do what I told them. It says, everybody, including himself, would be pleased. Life would be wonderful. In trying to make these arrangements, our actor may sometimes be quite virtuous. He may be kind, considerate, patient, generous, even modest, and self-sacrificing. Thank you. So you guys agree with Sean? Is that you? Modest, self-sacrificing, kind, generous? If if you've got that self-loathing... Self-loathing and self-importance are both on the same line of self. So what we're trying to find is a little balance, start owning our human condition. So I would say to everyone in this room... You are all of those things sometimes. Yes? Okay, let's own it. We're going to go looking inward, and we're going to find that out, right? All right. And it says, says that on the other hand, he may be mean, egotistical, selfish, and dishonest. Anybody relate to that? How many of you are more comfortable there than the other? It happens, right? So we, we encourage you to find that, but then question the truth of it. Because it goes on to say, with, as with most humans, he's more likely to have varied traits. Does that make sense? So the idea is to get to the truth, right? And, and I'm going to have to own my truth and your truth about me, and then get to the truth, and then walk out in freedom. Does that make sense? Okay. So then it says, what usually happens? Yeah, the show doesn't come off very well, and you end up in a... Reentry center on a Thursday night. He begins to think life doesn't treat him right. He decides to exert himself more. He becomes on the next occasion still more demanding or gracious as the case may be, and still the play does not suit him. Any of you ever had that frustration? Oh, yeah. You pretty much had it all lined out, and then it would Really, actually, didn't go too bad. Like, everyone did the things they were supposed to do, but you were still disappointed. That didn't feel the way I thought it was going to feel. Any of you ever figured out why that is? I don't know why it is for you. Let me tell you why I figured out it was for me. They're talking about the show that is my life. And I'm just supposed to stand there, and when the cue comes, I'm supposed to go play my part. But what happens, I'm out there arranging everybody, and they're all right where they're supposed to be, doing whatever they're supposed to do, but the lights pan to me, and I'm not there to play my part. So the show can't come off. Does that make sense? So then it says, admitting he may be somewhat at fault, he's sure that other people are more to blame. He becomes angry, indignant, self-pitying. What is his basic trouble? When they put a question mark in here, they're telling you that is a point of introspection for them. Eyesight without insight is spiritual blindness. So you want to start looking inward at this point. Does that make sense? I'm angry, I'm indignant, I'm self-pitying. What is my basic trouble? And then they ask you another question. Sean, you're getting ahead of me. Is he not really a self-seeker even when trying to be kind? Guys, they write this in third person on purpose. I encourage you, please don't change that for people and tell them to humiliate themselves. That's the silliest thing I ever heard. They wrote it in third person on purpose because it's less assaultive on my ego. And I'm really going to have to own who I am to lay it before him who will restore me. And it, so it, has, it can't be something I'm coerced into. Does that make sense? So it says, is he not a victim of the delusion that he can wrest satisfaction and happiness out of this world if only he manages well? So how many of you have been victimized by that delusion? How many of you didn't even know it was a delusion? All of you with no hands up, that's, that's the truest response. Because the nature of delusion is I'm lying to me and I don't know I'm lying. I lived in delusion and in addiction, any of you? I convinced myself I was doing exactly what I want to do. Only suckers pay rent. Just get me a toothless honey in a refrigerator box. I'm good. I I got some brothers and sisters in the spirit, no doubt. All right. Is it not evident to all the rest of the players that these are the things he wants? Am I starting to have collisions with people because I, even though I'm pretending to be kind or I even think I am being kind, I have a motive in mind? And do not his actions make each of them wish to retaliate snatching all they can get out of the show? Have you ever been running around pretending you were in charge and someone found out you were not in fact in charge? And in fact, they thought they were in charge. And then you had a bit of a kerfuffle, did you? So they're describing the human condition. Is he not, even in his best moments, a producer of confusion rather than harmony? Have you got to the place where you just felt, what's the use? No matter how hard I try, they misperceive. I'm just, I'm not going to try again. Anyone get to complete quit mode? That's what they're talking about. They're talking about that in my human condition, whether it's active addiction or not. Okay, So it says, our actor is self-centered, egocentric, as people like to call it nowadays. He's like the retired businessman who lolls in the Florida sunshine in the winter, complaining of the sad state of the nation. The minister who sighs over the sins of the 20th century. Politicians and reformers who are sure all would be utopia if the rest of the world would only behave. The outlaw safecracker who thinks society has wronged him... And the alcoholic who's lost all and is locked up. Whatever our protestations, are not most of us concerned with ourselves, our resentments, or our self pity? So, again, inward, there's a question mark. The purpose of the inventory is to start identifying those various manifestations of self, right? They said manifestations of self are what had defeated me, and a lot of us agree to that without knowing what the hell that means. But when I do this inventory and chase back clear to the fear that drove all these false identities I lived in, either to get you to like me or to make sure I made you know I don't care whether you like me or not, or whatever else I did to justify the way I treated people, that's, that's what I'm getting down to. Manifestation of self. So the whole point of this is to start finding that out and see if I really need to examine that. And that's why I'm reading through these questions. Does that make sense? Okay, so it says that selfishness, self-centeredness, that we think is the root of our troubles. That's what they determined about them, not, not you. It's not my job to tell you that's your issue. I will tell you as a human being, we all have a fear problem, and it manifests in various ways. Okay, so it says, driven by a hundred forms of fear, self-delusion, self-seeking, and self-pity, we step on the toes of our fellows and they retaliate. Sometimes they hurt us seemingly without provocation, but we invariably find that at some time in the past, we've made decisions based on self, which later placed us in a position to be hurt. So I got to give you a caution. If you've never done the step experience and you don't know, everyone that writes in this book has already been through the manner of living, is endeavoring to help others, and this is their testimony. So they already know this with certainty. We're not expecting you to know this with certainty or to know this at all because delusion may still be a part of what's up, which is the whole purpose of going through it. Does that make sense? So so we know people were harmed greatly as adults, as children, various things, and we're not suggesting to you that those harms you had any part in. What we are suggesting to you is if you did, we're going to discover it so you know how to amend it. And if you didn't, and yet you survived it, we're going to show you how you can be uniquely useful for someone who's in great trauma right now and needs to learn how to walk out of it. Does that make sense? All things together for the good. Okay. So, so our troubles, we think, are basically of our own making. So where'd they tell me the main problem was found? In my mind. And where'd they say the solution was found? Deep down inside. So neither the problem or the solution are ever outside of me. So that, that limits my field of... Right? I don't need to pay attention to all the light scenery in the ballet. i got to manage the relationship between head and heart and make damn sure I'm staying connected. Does that make sense? Okay. All right, so they arise out of ourselves, and the alcoholic is an extreme example of self will run riot, though he usually doesn't think so. So they were talking about people, they're just regular examples of self will run riot. I have determined I am also a people with alcoholism. I'm an extreme example of self will run riot, and I don't think so. Where's, where's my meth addict? Y'all ever disappear for a few days and then just walk back into the house and look right at them and say, what? <laughs> there you go. That's Just a little bumper to help you understand. All right. Above everything, we alcoholics must be rid of this selfishness. Notice how it said, We alcoholics must be rid of this selfishness. I still got to reside in the world. I still got to serve. The rest of the world can do what the rest of the world do. But me, now that I've discovered I have this alcoholic condition, I have to discipline my mind, take captive my thoughts, and get rid of the selfish thoughts by focusing on the needs of others. Does that make sense? They're preparing me for a third-step decision, and it's not a decision to enter lightly. Okay, So we must or it kills us. How many of you have been out there in addiction, and though you weren't dead, you were, might as well have been? should see a lot more hands. Says God makes that possible, we got to do that again. God makes that power. power you remember, you're talking to people in Yuma, for God's sake. And St. John's. And Kingman. Who am I missing? Eloy. Florence, Winslow, Perryville, Buckeye. We muster, it kills us, and God makes that possible, and there often seems no way of entirely getting rid of self without his aid. Does that get you that they, even though they knew it was impossible to get rid of self, the minute I become aware of me, there I am. So it's not possible for me to get rid of self. The only thing I can do is focus on your needs and how to meet them. And in that process, the power within me gets me out of the way. Okay. so many of us had moral and philosophical convictions galore, but we could not live up to them, even though we would have liked to. How many of you are parents? I are a parent. I was not a very good parent. How many of you had opinions on parenting? I was among the shittiest parents imaginable, but I had strong opinions. Anyone know what I'm talking about? How many of you had parents that weren't perfect? I had parents that weren't perfect. I was kind of a shitty kid, too. Anyone know what I'm talking about? This is why we serve others and look for their needs and meet them because I'm never any good at seeing me. But I can see you. And so I don't even know how to get the healing I need until I focus on what I can see, clearly sees plaguing you. And when I offer it to you, the power within me fulfills the order. And and it's a pass-through. If you get what I'm saying, you'll be doing what you see me doing. Because I get a hit of every When I dish it out, I get a hit of all of it on the way by. Okay, so neither could we reduce our self-centeredness much by wishing or trying on our own power. We had to have God's help. We had to have power's help, right? So we're getting closer to this third step decision, and some of you in the room are feeling it powerfully. You're understanding what's up, and the understanding isn't, a human understanding; it's a divine understanding. Yes, okay. This is the how and the why of it. I thought we started there, like thirty-five minutes ago. How many of you lost track of that? We were in the third step, and we're. What's that old guy rambling about? Isn't it, Isn't it time for a cookie? So they went us through, they went through this period of self-discovery they went through, encouraged us to go through it as they did by questioning, you know, trying to figure out if this is me, because it doesn't matter if you think it's me. It, it, it's absolutely important that I discover that it's me we're talking about here. Does it make sense? Okay. So, so this is the how and the why of it. First of all, we had to quit playing God. Why did we have to quit playing God? Said, it said it didn't work. How many of you, whether, whatever your idea about this power, this new introduction that we're making to you tonight, have learned that whatever it was, it was that you had been doing, it didn't work, which is why you're coming around to see if there's something else you might be doing. I said, come on, this, this room is not full of people for years and years and years that are the wrong people. Because I guarantee you, we know who you are and whose you are even when you don't know you understand that? And all we're trying to tell you is, come on, man. Claim, claim your inheritance. If you landed here, it's time to claim your inheritance and walk in your purpose. Yeah! So next, we decided that here and after in this drama of life, God was going to be our director. Power was going to be our director. What's a director do? He arranges the lights the scenery in the valley, or he tells someone to do it. And if he didn't tell me to do it, I need to wait for my cue. There's another book that says, be still and know. Yeah? He is the Father, and we are his children. Most good ideas are simple, and this concept was the keystone of the new and triumphant arch through which we passed to freedom. So what concept is the keystone? He is the power. Who makes a keystone? You ever thought about that? A master craftsman, the only one qualified to make a keystone. They're the only ones that know exactly where the arch has to meet and what bearing loads have to be on the keystone. Any Masons in here? All right. Everyone else I encounter the rest of my life are stones in this triumphant arch through which I'll pass through. And then... At the end of that time, there'll be a keystone place to hold that arch together. Does it make sense? Okay, so when we sincerely took such a position... So, guys, it's so important you get this. Since sincerity of my position is critical because the authors told me that the first step in recovery is what? We learned that we had to fully concede to our innermost selves that we were. I can't do that based on a lie, so the sincerity of my position must be demonstrated not just in what I profess, but in how I walk. Does that make sense? Okay. So it says, when we sincerely took such a position, all sorts of remarkable things followed. See, I'm not making this up. Signs and wonders follow us. If you're walking in this power, the lame walk, the blind see, the captives are set free. And if after you've been here a minute, you don't believe that, you ain't paying attention. Because you are them. Okay, so it said we had a new employer. Being all powerful, he provided what we needed if we kept close to him and performed his work well. So there's a condition, how might I keep close to this invisible power we call God? I might want to pray, meditate, pray. I might want to learn to serve and ask for guidance every step of the way all day. I might want to improve consciousness of this presence in and on me. Yes? And then performed his work. Well, what's his work? Yeah, are there any students in that other book? If you love me, feed my sheep. Listen, man, if you were restored from anything like I was, and I know a lot of your stories, I know you were, I would suggest you feed the sheep. Because he's keeping the deal with you. And our job is to tell others about that. Okay? Um, Established on such a footing, we became less and less interested in ourselves. Once I'm walking in that belief, and that means walking in, you don't have to ask me what I believe. You can see it in my manner of living. I hear people say this to me all the time. Oh, I'm enlightened. The lights have come on in me. I'll make that decision on my own because I could turn all the lights on off in here. And when I turned them on, I wouldn't have to announce it because light is self evident. I don't need to tell you I've been changed. There you go. There you go. And we are sitting in the orchard, aren't we, brother? Yes, sir. So we become less and less interested in ourselves, our little plans and designs. How many of you figured out that the plans you had for your life paled in comparison to the life you've been given and what the vision you see now? More and more, we became interested in seeing what we could contribute to life. How many of you are there? How many of you guys here that are going to peer support classes? That's evidence that you're looking at what you can contribute to life. How many of you are around here helping out anywhere you can, even when no one asks? More and more, you're seeing what you can contribute to life. Does that make sense? Who's feeling that? I feel the spirit in here powerfully. I know there's more. Some of you aren't owning it, but it's okay to say, yeah, I'm feeling a little. I'm hot. (laughs) So as we felt new power flow in... What'd they say? We felt new power flowing in. They didn't say we felt new power trickling in. Where's my IV drug users? We live for this buzz, man. We need it to flow in, right? Don't slow on the plunger. Bang that bitch. I ain't lying. I saw... Brian's on his way down to the house now. As we discovered we could face life successfully. You know when we start to discover we can face life successfully? The minute we've had our encounter and start doing all the things we always wished we could do and wouldn't. Because the new power flowing in is willingness. It's It's in me, but it's not of me. And then we start doing the things that we need to do to mop up our past. We start showing up. And admitting our wrongs, right? And all of a sudden, one day, we're somewhere very different than where we started. And our circumstances don't necessarily change very quickly, do they? Any of you run this? Oh, come on. I know who I'm with. Man, I ran the freaking wheels off of it. So when you start again, the world, the circumstance doesn't change. But I was changed in the circumstance. And I seemingly couldn't do that what I would do, and I started doing all those things that I hadn't done. And then we walk in faith, and then the weirdest shit happens. We start walking into places like this, going, oh, I thought one thing, and it's very different. Yeah, because you thought that you were walking into a place of bad people. No, you weren't. You walked into a room full of warriors, who have been through a trial because there is a community to take back, a country to take back, a world to take back for the creator of the world. Yeah. So it says says we began uh, as we became conscious of his presence, the awareness of being aware of that presence in and on me. And the reason I want to grow in consciousness guys is that's how I know when I'm supposed to engage with you specifically. Because the signature of the Spirit is on you. And then all, even when you don't know, I know who's, who you are and whose you are. Does that make sense? Yes. And if you made it here, we know who you are and whose you are. Because you, you worked with a mentor, and they already assessed you. Okay? So we began to lose our fear of today, tomorrow, or the hereafter. We are reborn. What has to happen in order for a rebirth? I'm going to have to die to self and live for him. We do a baptism here every three months. What does that commemorate, chap? The public public display of a death to self and a resurrection in him. So it says we we're, were now in, at step three. Many of us said to our maker as we understood him, God, I offer myself to thee, To build with me and to do with me as thou wilt, relieve me of the bondage of self that I may better do thy will. Take away my difficulties that victory over them may bear witness to those I would help of thy power, thy love, and thy way of life. May I do thy will always. So notice how they pointed to my difficulties going away as evidence of that power on my life. They, they, they just take away my difficulties that they may bear witness. When I get free, you'll see it. You'll ask me how it happened, the original plan of God. Live such an abundant life in God that everyone else is attracted to it. In the 12-step recovery, we say we're based on attraction rather than promotion. Does that make sense? Okay. So how many of you don't talk in King James language? Probably everyone but Sean, right? So they're going to tell, they're going to call. You don't talk in King James language. No one's trying to teach you a theology here anyway. We're trying to introduce you to the power within you that has visited you and wants to restore you. So you're going to say the prayer how you say the prayer, but don't take my word for it. I will call your attention to the fact that some drunk handed out a card and they put an amen after that. You'll notice that the authors did not put an amen after that. You know why? It's only half the prayer. I haven't had my eyes opened yet. So I'm not I'm not needing agreement yet because I don't even know what the path looks like yet. Does that make sense? I haven't done the inventory. I haven't armed myself with what I was like yet. Okay. So we thought well before taking this step, making sure we were ready, that we could at last abandon ourselves utterly to him. We found it very desirable to take this spiritual step with an understanding person, such as our wife, best friend, or spiritual advisor. But it's better to meet God alone than with one who might misunderstand. So... So you don't want to get into this decision when someone doesn't doesn't understand the decision you're making, because it may dampen the effect. And we're big on effects, or we wouldn't have gotten the pickle that got us here. Okay, so the wording was, of course, quite optional. So you can write your own prayer, guys, as long as we express the idea of voicing it without reservation. It needs to be personal between you and the Creator within you. Does that make sense? God does not care about prayers you don't care about. People can pray for you. As long as they mean it when they say it, you'll get the benefit. But if you're saying prayers you don't care about, God knows you don't care. Does it make sense? Okay. This was only a beginning, though if honestly and humbly made an effect, sometimes a very great one, was felt at once. Try it, guys. Go write your own prayer. Offer yourself to this Creator. I'm going to give it a shot. Whatever it is, His power, His love, His way of life. Try that in a mirror, all by yourself. They said an effect, sometimes a very great one was felt at once. And if you have said effect, I wish you'd talk to me and Chaplain Lee about it. We love those stories. Thank you very much.